Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, welcome to the Manchester City Football Social. We're talking Manchester City for an hour. We've got absolutely loads to talk about the title race. Of course, we've got Crystal Palace game. We're going to look forward to about a billion and ten Spurs games. Then obviously, we're looking forward to the Champions League game. I'm here with Walter Smith. You are right, Walter? Very well indeed, pal. Very well indeed. That's Looking nice forward to it all. And Walter's got some great rants coming up later about ticket prices. And I'm here with, as well with Natalie Pike. Hello, hello. Don't forget, guys, you can subscribe uh, to this Manchester City Football Social. Just search in your podcast providers. And also, if, if you're a red, I don't know why I'm saying this, subscribe to that one as well, the Manchester United Football Social. And there's also the Manchester Football Social in general. All right, anyway, we'll see you in a bit. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Good evening. It is Tuesday night. That means it is an hour devoted to talking about the one and only Manchester City. It is the Manchester Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. I'm Natalie Pike and I'm here tonight in the midst of a lot of City games to talk even more about City. What more could I want? I'm joined in the studio though, and there we go, that could be more of what I want. Joined in the <laughs> studio by these two familiar faces and voices. First of all, joining me is esteemed company himself it is Stephen oh. McInerney you got that in the end that's yes. what matters yeah. Uh, yeah today we want to talk about Spurs because it's all the Spurs forever Spurs 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 essentially we've got them tomorrow night of course in a massive Champions League game and at the weekend so you want to know uh, from you guys on the text as well 87711 you can ring in as well on 0345 717625 let us know how you think the City are going to line up in these games and how we're going to deal with this massive double header Thank you. And we're also joined in the studio by its half glass full. It is Walter Smith from Blue Moon Rising. Good evening, Walter. Good evening. How are you? W- wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> you know, optimistic. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try and talk tonight. I've got right bee in my bonnet, as it were. A bee in my bonnet about uh, ticket pricing at Manchester City and what Manchester City could do for the local community. Oh, when he has got a bee in his bonnet, you know, he's had a right rant outside while we were getting ready for the show. Um, as always, we want you to get involved. The phone number is 0345 You can ring in and talk about anything that you want to do with City. You can also text, as Stephen said, 87711. And you can tweet us at mcr footy social so please do get involved at the end of the show today we will be doing our famous section of questions 30 second answers now you can ask us any question about city you want and we have to answer it within 30 seconds but we are going to start the show tonight looking back at the game uh, that happened at the weekend and of course looking forward to the remaining title race so first of all guys talking about palace what did you make i thought it was a pretty professional performance were you both happy with it 
Uh, it was everything I wanted from that game, really. To be honest, uh, I was nervous. I think most City fans were after the um, after the Spurs game midweek, and we got the reaction. I say reaction, but maybe it was the plan all along. But we got what we wanted from that game, and I was so happy uh, just to see the professionalism from the players, the maturity, and just them backing up the words, really, because they all made a big deal after the Spurs game about how we'd move forward and we'd be very positive. And Company himself, as well, said that you'd see the familiar City from now on in terms of we control games, we would go for it, and at a ground where we got all this kind of anxiety again, you know, for obvious reasons based on recent form there um, we just turned up and we were just so composed so clinical so professional and apart from the free kick we were just by large the better team by a long long way and it was just nice to be anxiety free essentially Did you get nerves <laughs> when they scored from that free kick all of a sudden I thought oh my god we mocked Liverpool five years ago for getting beat here and now they've scored and are panicked for ten minutes Oh I did panic it was uh, <laughs> everything was smooth sailing you know it was like a, almost like a serene ocean and you've got your boat out you know you've got your drink and your cigar <laughs> and you're floating along this uh, in, a, in a you know in a nice kind of mood next thing you know as soon as that free kick came we all knew what was going to happen as well that was the worst of it for some reason you knew that this was going in and then for 10 minutes I was sat there on my couch cuddling a pillow <laughs> that's all I could do. just thinking no because I always remember when uh, Liverpool drew there and it was there were three goals down I was driving home on a long drive and I remember just pulling up on the motorway I was trying my best my best to get home because I wanted to see Jamie Carragher crying <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no tears thankfully in this one and the thing for me as well about the game was just more the um uh, the kind of little stories that came from the game in terms of the former Kevin De Bruyne, you know, Sterling reacting to his early miss, Asani playing really well, uh, Kyle Walker pocketing one of the most dangerous attackers in, in the Premier League in terms of mm. Zaha. It was just basically... Company as well. Yeah, company oh. being fantastic as he always is. He's just so reliable. He really is a kind of warm blanket of a player. When you're there, you just oh. feel more... You do, don't you? You just oh. feel like more comfortable with him there on the pitch. And like, oh. <laughs> I, No, I always see... Um, I see company as the tide. He just rises all the boats. Lots of ocean uh, metaphors tonight. Like, there is for this some is reason. Nice. It's but, calm. You know, but the boats are all right. You know, Walker plays better. Laporte plays better. Bendy plays better. You know, you look around and you see company behind you. And you just feel better as a human being. I think. How big a role do you think Vinny can play between now and the end of the season? He's like um, a special kind of um, special player now in terms of he, he comes in for big games, doesn't he, really? And I'd, I'd like to see him use in that way going forward because he does bring an authority to the team that maybe sometimes we lack uh, because we've got some leaders in the team, but he still is the main man. He still yeah. obviously is fantastic. Pep said quite a bit how he has this ability to come in and still be at a very high level, even if he doesn't play for a while. And we saw that at the weekend once again. And company, you, you just want him involved in the derby. You want him involved in any big kind of decisive games because no one genuinely has this ability just to yeah as Walter said calm the team down and more than that he's a battler do you remember against Liverpool when, uh, early in January when obviously that was a huge game and people were groaning with companies starting that because they felt you know maybe he hasn't quite got the legs anymore just a colossus uh, and we're a better team with him uh, with him and the team Still, I still maintain that we have to use him I'm sure we will do you know within reason Yes, like you say, especially with the derby. There's something about Vincent Company in a derby, isn't there? One of my greatest ever City memories, I think, is him scoring that header in the derby at home the year when we... Oh, the, the passion. Oh, oh the passion. The, and you can you see it now, the picture of him celebrating afterwards. He really does bring something special to the team. But yeah, like you say, I just wonder how many games he can play between now and the end of the season. And and, and like I say, saving him for big games. What are we classing as a big game these days? <laughs> Every game's big. Everything seems big, yeah. <laughs> 
reached a point now where we, there's no real let up performances. But even then, you know, there's there's touch points, isn't it? It's the next couple of league games. Uh, Spurs and United oh, Burnley after that away which isn't easy but you feel like if you get past Spurs and United all of a sudden the run looks a lot more friendly you know and we feel like we could kind of maintain and manage that it's just these next two games are going to be absolutely crucial in the league race because Liverpool are going to win all the games they are I agree with Pep on that they, their run is, is easy um, they'll win them all uh, and we it's crazy to think that uh, we're going to have to get like 98 points to win the league and Liverpool could get 97 and still not win it that would be lovely but it is it's absolutely crazy because the standards of football that we brought to the Premier League, we are raising the bar. And that's what people don't tend to consider. Pep has literally dragged the rest of the teams up around him with his own brilliance. Walter, do you think Liverpool are going to win every other games? Do you know who they've got? Shall I tell you the fixtures? Um, so Liverpool are playing, they've got left Cardiff away on the 21st, Huddersfield at home on the 26th, which is a Friday night. I hate Friday night football. Um, and then on the 5th of May, they've got Newcastle away. Rafa. Rafa, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then on the 12th, the last game of the season, they've got Wolves at home. I at think home. there's going to be points uh, dropped where you don't expect them. I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to beat Huddersfield, but you're looking at, you know, going away to Newcastle. We didn't do great there. You know, playing Wolves this season, we didn't do great. And Wolves are a side that are built as well. The, the, the manager's got them playing fantastic, fantastic tactical football. So they could be caught on the break quite easily. So there's no kind of real gimmies. And, you know, Cardiff could just, at Cardiff, you just never know. The pressure might get to Liverpool. The pressure might get to us. But what I would like to say is, in some respects, no team deserves out of these two to lose the Premier League. Yeah, I agree with that. With five games to go, they've got one and two sewn up which I can't remember that actually happening before. Especially with this points total as well. Oh, this this points total is mental. Do you know what I saw the other day, which really made me happy, because if it happens, it's just beautiful. If Liverpool don't win the league, even if they win the last four games, basically, uh, they would have lost out on the title 100 points and an invincible season because of that one defeat to Manchester City. <laughs> and I love that. That's how beautiful it could be. <laughs> Only losing one all season, missing out on the invincibles and missing out on 100 points because of that 2-1 victory, if it happens. How I nice would that be? Yeah, I absolutely it actually could happen. love that. I, I don't think there's going to be any sort of massive collapse by either club. No. I can't see either club losing between now and the end of the season. Now we have, God, and that's a big statement because we've got a couple of games. Yeah. We, we've got Tottenham obviously again on Saturday. And then on the 24th, we've got United, which is the game in hand away. Then we on the 28th, we've got Burnley. Um, the fourth, we've got Leicester at home. That Burnley game's away. And then we finish the season at Brighton away. I can see though, some points being dropped and I'm looking at that Newcastle game for Liverpool and yeah. Rafa and I'm also looking at Wolves and Wolves at home it's the last game that's the only thing though if they weren't on the beach you know like I'd be like a lot more but are you on the beach if you know that you can stop Liverpool winning the league and I don't know if it's like because yeah, I'm a bit true. biased and I, oh, and I am biased obviously <laughs> yeah that's why I'm on this show so. but I kind of get the feeling that nobody wants <laughs> Liverpool to win except Liverpool I don't think Liverpool I don't think Wolves players care do they really maybe do you but not? I think in I general think, like, Wolves fans the one thing enough. one thing I will say is that the, the Wolves away fans will be there and they'll be basically wrapping up a very successful season for them you know yeah. in general they're, yeah, very, yeah, they're yeah. such a happy fan base at the moment and the players will want to give one send off to the fans because they'll do a lap of honour at the end they'll go over to the fans and all that kind of stuff not a lap of honour that'd be a bit weird but they'll go over to their, yeah, yeah. To their section they'll celebrate yeah yeah and they'll go to them at the end um, and if there's one team I guess outside the big teams you want them to play against it's probably Wolves because Wolves are, yeah. are famously giant killers this season so it's possible it's just it's just scary. I hate it. I genuinely oh, hate it. I love I've, it. Uh, <laughs> I love all this pressure. Oh, I've what? aged about five uh, years. Uh, we would have. Can you imagine how much you would have given 
you know, 15 years ago to be in a title race like this. Can you imagine how much you would have given even 10 years ago to be oh, in a title race? Last like season, I'm not going to lie. Oh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. not saying, I'm not saying it wasn't easy, but with with the hardship becomes the ultimate kind of joy. And the best way to describe that is 9320. Yeah. You know, and that that explosion of joy at the time, I can see your face is just smiling. Even just it gives mentioning, you goosebumps as soon as you say it. It absolutely does. And but the point is, we'd lost. We were out. We were gone. Yeah. And you know, people were leaving, going up onto the concourse. You know, we we thought that was it. I was playing for one goal, hoping Sunderland could get one goal, and you know, both teams would draw. I never in my wildest dreams imagined that there was going to be two goals going in, but Aguero stepped up and. That, to me, was so joyous because of all the kind of pressure and it's that release at the end. And this is what's going to happen this time, hopefully, is this idea of if there was no competition, would people get bored? Or, you know, general football fans looking at it, would they get bored? Not saying City fans would, but these two teams going at it, and they're so good, both teams makes for me a fantastic Premier League. Scudamore's got exactly what he wanted. <laughs> Did you hear that um, Gary Neville has, has said that he thinks that United should rest some players during the derby because <laughs> of the games that they have around around it as well? They play Chelsea the week after. I, I think he should get his strip on. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> Gary Neville's spot on, really, Out of retirement. I was on the show last night with Jay from Full Time Devils, and he was basically he's, he's so torn and so pained about this whole like beating City in the game or then letting Liverpool kind of win it kind of thing. He just he couldn't choose. He generally couldn't choose. He's like, obviously, I want United to win a game, but I don't at the same time. At least we're not them. Put it that way. It's yeah, <laughs> levels as kids would say these days. You know, we're on, we're on another level to them, and it's really really nice. Isn't, isn't it? it mad how um, you know the the roles are reversed. And the idea, can you imagine Fergie settling for fourth place? It just, <laughs> it'd be pulling his hair out. You know, well, you know, and that's where we're at now. And they're like an also ran club battling for that fourth place at the moment. So it's just amazing how the two teams at the moment are so far above anybody and everybody mm. else in the league. What do you think then is going to take us over the line past them? Is it, is it the experience in the squad? I think there's one person who can make a massive difference. Um, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, he just looked so, so, so fired up against Crystal Palace. He was genuinely seething with rage at moments because people weren't at the level that he desired as an individual. He's just so intense. Like him shouting at Aguero and things like that. I love that. And that's vintage De Bruyne. People forget there's that side to him. You know, that really tough, crazy winner. son of a gun side. He's a massive winner. He, I read this um, this great interview on the Players' Tribune website where basically... Oh, yeah. yeah, and essentially... Did you watch the video? I've not watched the video, but I read the whole piece. I'm not sure if it's the same or not, but essentially, if you haven't read it, um, the nutshell the nutshell of it is basically he talks about how much football means to him. And he said the only time he's cried in the last seven years is when he got his injury. And he's had he's been married and had kids since then. And like <laughs> His wife was like, you don't even cry during that, but you cried when you're injured. It's because basically football is his release and that's how much it means to him. And now he's back on obviously playing I honestly feel like he's trying to make up for lost time a little bit and he'll be really 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 fired up to try and push us over to have a world class play with that much determination and drive he could be the kind of person that stops any unintentional complacency kicking in you know he could be there just to really push him a little bit further just to give him those fresh legs and give him that bit of energy I honestly think he could be the difference because he's that good and he has a bit of magic in his boots and he really wants to prove uh, his value to the team this season I did love that ball through to Aguero. And to be fair to De Bruyne, Aguero should have read I agree, it. yeah. You know, if you're looking up and you see Kevin De Bruyne with the ball 
and you think, where do I want the ball? What player is the best ginger footballer in the world? <laughs> so, you know. How what, much competition, I don't think it's there. Oh, there's loads. And uh, I'm just, why wouldn't you make that run? I couldn't believe it at the time. But again, it's that winning mentality. I mean, I looked up, you know, winner in the dictionary, and there's a big picture of Kevin De Bruyne with two thumbs up. Hopefully, it'll still be there in about four weeks' time. Oh, <laughs> That's going to come back to bite me. And of course, his ball through to Raheem Sterling Ooh. again was just. just pinpoint and his run and and that finish which was obviously the most difficult of the finishes you know considering the one that you missed do you remember last year um, against Burnley um, and it was covered in the uh, All the Nothing documentary as well where Pep it showed Pep talking to Arteta about Sterling's miss and obviously after that really big miss against Burnley Sterling was kind of unceremoniously hauled off after about 20 minutes, you know, later, because you put Brahim on as well, a kid at the time, you know, trying to get yeah, something yeah, out yeah. of it. But in general, um, Pep wasn't happy about that. And he told Arteta in the documentary that he thought it wasn't good enough. And he told him it wasn't good enough. Now, if this is the same Sterling of 12 months ago, after that massive miss, his head drops, but it just doesn't. To finish a chance, yeah. that the kind of a chance that only Aguero finishes from that kind of angle, yeah. it just shows you how much he's matured as a person, as a player. And it shows his um, influence on the team now. Like, he, he's just fantastic these days. We all know that. And weirdly, I didn't think he was anywhere near his scintillating best, you know, in terms of he wasn't beating people for fun. But it's just the quality of his finishes, his position and his intelligence. He shows just how important he is to this team now. Even if he's not at his most exciting, he just gets goals. And that yeah. ability to score goals, like, sometimes, you know, I'm not going to say he's anywhere near that level, but, you know, like Ronaldo sometimes doesn't do anything for Juve or Real, and then he scores when it matters. And to have that killer instinct sometimes can be more important than the overall contribution because you're there when it matters. And he's developing that as he gets older. Goals he scores. It's phenomenal. I, th- I think he's uber intelligent on the Super football pitch. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's that movement that he does. Now, whether it's movement to pull a player out of position for a teammate or whether it's a movement to make a little bit of space for himself. And I did, I, I got to agree with you, it was just an Aguero classic yeah, goal, the, wasn't it? Over the keeper from a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just boom, as it were. But again, what I loved is you've got Aguero, or sorry, Sterling there, and you look at the player and the person that he was and what he's had to go through. You know, uh, just everybody's well aware what Sterling's had to go through. And to come out of that and still be successful and almost turn himself into a spokesperson. Yeah. And oh, I just definitely. Think, but, I mean, that just shows you, you know, if he carries on on this, it could become a mini company almost. Yeah, definitely. The way he's grown on yeah. the pitch and the way he's grown off the pitch and what he, yeah, what he's definitely doing. Just imagine know. how different it would be late 20s because I can only speak for myself and I'm sure you guys feel the same. When you're like early 20s compared to like late 20s, <laughs> uh, if you remember what I'm joking, <laughs> sorry. Uh, in general, like, oh, I yeah. I do, I was an idiot. <laughs> you changed so much in those five years, you know, and I think like, Sterling will be a totally different person by the time he's 28, 29. He'll be even better as a player, but as a person, uh, he'll be a leader he genuinely will be hopefully he's at City still because at that point mm. he'll be scoring the same amount of goals as well he'll be one of the most productive players to ever grace the English game at that point uh, which is a crazy thing to think about but it could yeah, happen definitely definitely hopefully Raheem Sterling will be with us for a long long time so later this week well tomorrow night actually City are going to be playing Tottenham in the Champions League and then again on Saturday City are going to be playing Tottenham in the Premier League we're going to be dissecting both those games coming up and Walter is going to be going on a rant <laughs> Manchester City football social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare. that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Hello guys, welcome back to the Manchester Football Social with Blooming Rising. We're here until 7 o'clock talking about all things Manchester City and specifically about Spurs because we play them about 10 billion times now, well it's just <laughs> twice, but we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Pep's um, cry for support and plead for basically the fans to get down tomorrow. So stay tuned to listen about that because we want to hear from you as well. You can get involved on 0345 111 that's 0345 Treble one seven sixty five. You want to ring in and text in as well on eight double seven double one. My name is Steve McInerney. I'm here with Natalie Pike. You're right, Natalie. Hello, hello. And Walter Smith as ever. Guys, uh, it's Spurs. It's the Spurs week essentially. Um, how are we feeling about this huge game? Um, are, we, are we feeling confident about this game? You go first, Walter. <laughs> I'm undecided. That's, that's I'm, un- I'm undecided. Yeah, I'm feeling confident. Uh, I watched the game down there, and we almost played like. Uh, a cup side against them. You know, we weren't there sort of going, it was like City in first gear, you know, or with the handbrake on. And it's not how City play. And I think Pep Guardiola sort of set himself up now, especially with his comments after the game, about what he's got to do over the next few games. And City at their best take any team in the, certainly in the British Isles apart, you know, and that's what we need to be looking at now. We need to be going at Tottenham on the foot front and just destroying them you know and we've got the players to do that we've got you know if you pick that strongest people talked about the tactical but I thought it was the personnel that he chose that was wrong so if you get these you know Sane, Sterling get Silver in the middle uh, the Bernardo that is you know you get KDB with that fire in his belly at the moment do you think he was right because he basically came out and said he, he's doing this on purpose you know in terms of to prioritise certain games and according to some reporters he said that Pep basically implied that Crystal Palace was a bigger game you know because it wasn't a game that uh, was going to decide anything that first leg and he wanted to keep it tight I mean that was well, a, a I, fair decision or I think the only way you're going to find out if it's fair or not is you know the, the, yeah. winner, the winner takes all the spoils don't they and if this comes in in his favour people are going to be talking about Pep and this genius stroke of his just in the lead up to the uh you know, what was arguably the biggest game? Can losing 1 0 ever be deemed genius? You yeah, know, I'm not trying to it, like. Because well, I think no knows better than, you know, as long as we, if we win tomorrow and we go on to yeah. win the league, then it's genius. You know, because <laughs> you've, you've, you've won against Crystal Palace, uh, you know, in, which, which was such an important game given that, you know, Liverpool were going to play Chelsea straight after it and we were trying to put the pressure on them. If we win tomorrow night, it's genius. If we don't win tomorrow night because we've given Spurs that little nudge in front of us, then it's not. But, that, I mean, if, if genius decides on tomorrow's result, just the first 
first game have any effect on it? If that makes sense, you know, like if the if the genius is on that much for Mark, I'm being pedantic here, but like to me, I guess I'm still very much a little bit uh, me for that game. I was a bit annoyed because I still felt like we could have uh, played a different way and controlled the game a little bit more, and just not yeah. gone with a disadvantage. So I'm getting my own personal. Uh, prejudice on that one but are you I worried then about tomorrow massively at the same time I still think we are um, an exponentially better team than, and if we have anywhere near the intensity of, of the game plan that we did against Liverpool for example in the league um, if we play with that level of intensity and hopefully like the running man Bernardo's back in the team and I want him central if so because yeah. I think how we played against Liverpool would be so important if we play that level I don't think Spurs can live with us but mm-hmm. we, it's just I wish we weren't a goal down you know it's, if they get warm yeah. that's where exactly and that's not unlikely <laughs> that's yeah, the, yeah, the way goal me. maths kicking in but I'd still back City to get three goals I know I'm seen as the eternal optimist but it's not a deal is it no but if we, if we need them I think we can get them and you know I, I went back going back to what I was saying before if we get the squad or the, the team selection right from that fantastic squad we can take them apart I mean they're down um, Harry Kane for a start which is always a biggie for them Yeah, and uh, I know Deli Alley's broke his hand hasn't he he's, he's touch and go apparently isn't he oh is he yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure so he's, but they haven't got the squad depth that we've got you yeah. know we had Kevin De Bruyne out for most of the season we can fill in with all these I other players I feel like with the injuries they might just sit back quite a bit Yeah, I think that actually might it might almost like decide their game plan for them and make it less complicated they might think well we haven't got the players to go at him so we'll just defend for our lives which is Usually a bit suicidal against City, admittedly. Oh, it's always but, suicidal against City because the reason being they're not used to that game. They're not used to that setup. So City went into the first game sort of Pep always overthinks things, you sometimes think, with um when it comes up to these big games, he always throws a curveball in there. Whether it was Laporte at left back or whether it was Gundawan, um against you know and Fernandinho at Anfield. He just throws in these curveballs, I think, to try and outsmart the opposition manager. When in reality, we are the best team. And if we play like we can, we'll take anybody apart. That's how I felt about the first leg. That's the thing. Like, it never happened, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. I do agree that it felt like we played um, uh, a cup team, really. But um, I guess, it, as it, I, I do admit, though, like, there is a case of showing your hand too early. Like, and we got Spurs three times, you know, it's yeah. the whole thing. Like, they probably played near their best given their current form against us. And we've not even shown anywhere near, you know, our top gear. Uh, so there's an element of that. At least we've got a few levels to go up, I guess. Yeah. It's funny, the three of us in the studio, and we all feel completely different about this. So not confident, confident, and I'm right in the middle. Like, I'm swaying. <laughs> I'm listening to you both, and I'm going, oh, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne is really coming into form. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, but I thought about that on the first I game. I actually think like, we'll win tomorrow on the day, but I'm not. I'm just hoping it's enough because two ones are not enough, you know, that kind of thing. So, so when did the away goals kick in? 90 minutes or extra time? Uh, <laughs> I should have known that. It's not. Uh, yeah, like I feel like I it? should know that, and I'm really questioning myself. We'll yeah, find no, out. I've got Radiohead now. And yeah. I'm, I'm blocked. Okay, but I think it's generally baby brain. I was telling you. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, I feel like it's after 90 minutes usually, but I'm sure someone's going to correct us. Now it's frantically glued I think, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, in general, though, um, I am confident. I, I think we're a better team, and I think we'll play a very strong team tomorrow. I think we'll go really strong with it. I think we'll play what is on paper at the moment one of our strongest teams. But I always think City at the moment are on, like, you know, the high, uh, the guys who walk along the wire, you know, right on the... Trapeze over, artists. Trapeze artists. <laughs> and, I couldn't uh, know that what you're referencing, not the Champions yeah, League goal exactly. thing. <laughs> and we're there, and we haven't got any room for manoeuvre now. With Liverpool breathing down our necks, with this uh, away goal, or the, or the home goal that Tottenham scored, and if they score one more, we do need three it's a very fine line we've got to try and balance on and you just see one gust of wind and Pep's genius is down the toilet if you know what I mean 
what uh, has to be different uh, in this game compared to the first performance? And like, like, do we have to set up totally differently? Will Pep, you know, do one of his crazy Pep things and go free the back or something like that? Um, is there a certain play that you think should be starting over someone else? Like Sane, should he play again? I think, well, you know, I'm interested in the left back spot because uh, Zinchenko. I don't know if he's fully fit. You've he's got, not apparently. Yeah, you've got Ooh. Mendy there, and you don't know if he can play two games in four days. And there's one thing, you know. God bless Delph, but I don't really... I'd, I'd rather the other two, because that's not his natural position. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's um, it's a tricky one, the left-back spot, and I'm just hoping either Laporte maybe goes in there and we play three at the back, and that might be his odd curveball, Pep. So away goals count after 90 minutes. My frantic Google search that's tells was, me... That's why I was nervous in the first yeah. place. Yeah, so if it's 2-1, then they go through. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's very scary, isn't it? Yeah. That's why I'm nervous. See, now (laughs) now I'm... I'm, Right, Walter, quick. I'm back on his side again now, and I'm I'm feeling worried about it. Perk me up. (laughs) Well, if you were there, if you were a Tottenham fan, and you were thinking about coming to the Etihad, and then you looked at that line-up, and you've not got Kane, Ali's a doubt, and if he he can play, can you be a 100% player with a broken hand? So you're talking about these two players here that are instrumental in what Tottenham do. They've not got a they haven't got a great squad at all. What they've got is a great football team, a football in eleven. And every time I've seen Trippier come up against Sane, toast. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and you've got Sane there, De Bruyne with that fire in his belly, and he's just going to be have his head up, and he's yeah. just going to be picking out these passes. He's had a word with Aguero and said, "Look, if you're <sighs> on the ball." Come you on, know Walter. where to go. He's had a word with Sterling saying, look, as soon as I get the ball, you fire up that pitch. You know, you've seen the ball through for Crystal Palace. Tottenham aren't going to be knowing what's coming at them. And then you've got Bernardo, who will just be like a bumblebee, a Manchester bumblebee. <laughs> you know, and he's going to be buzzing here, there and everywhere. There's just going to be, there's not a blade of grass on that pitch he's not going to touch. David Silver, if he comes on and he sees Sane, they link up so well. You know, Vincent or whoever plays at the back, we might play too decent. You know, Laporte is always dependable. Walker is in the form of his City career at the moment. Mendy, if he starts, Edison is Edison. And then you've got the other choice, let's say John Stones. We've won 6-0, there we go. He's got me, he's got me. I'm I'm, I'm totally optimistic. I'm I'm bowing at the altar of Walter Smith there. We totally won the game. Step aside, Pep Guardiola. Are you switching? You're going to our side? To be honest, I still do think we're going to win the game in in the 90 minutes. I'm just... (laughs) I'm I'm hoping it's absolutely rocking tomorrow. Like, yeah. and how important yeah. could this atmosphere to be? Because I really, I'm so bored of atmosphere talk in general. No, but, but Pep's I feel like tomorrow, brought it up, hasn't he? Again, I actually weirdly don't. Pep's brought it up, and he basically said he wants the fans to, you know, show how important it is for us to get to the semi-finals. He's mentioned it in the press conference. If you didn't see it today, he's talked once again about. He always talks like this around the Champions League games because I think he understands that the City fans have this very weird relationship, very apathetic relationship with the Champions League in general. I don't, I'm not going to get into who's right or wrong with this, but in general, it's there, whether we yeah. like it or not. Um, I think this I think this whole atmosphere thing tomorrow will solve itself. I think it's a big game. And I remember last year, actually, after the first leg of the quarterfinal against Liverpool, it was rocking at the Etihad, you know, yes. the second leg, and it was so good, even up in the third tier, people were singing. <laughs> and that says it all. It was really good and really loud. And obviously, the win kind of was knocked out of ourselves a little bit when I think it was Salah scored, was it for me? Salah, I think, wasn't it? Um, but tomorrow, it could be really important. Could it, could it actually make a difference? Yeah, you know, the atmosphere, you know, you look at the big nights at City, you had Hamburg, you had the Liverpool game there. So when we've got to turn up, we do turn up and we do get behind the boys. But I'd say one of the differences is I go to sit in my season ticket or my season seat and I know everybody around me. 
But when it's a Champions League night, I get there and I sit in my seat and I'm waving to like Roger or Alan seven or eight rows, you know, seven or eight seats down because the whole sort of... Uh, Roger and Alan, by the way, I love that. The two most mank names you could think of. <laughs> <laughs> Liam and Noel, there you go. And Rick. it's, you know, you're there. So it's a very different crowd. And I think that people are coming to the Champions League game to watch not just Manchester City, but just to what the fans of football in some respects. And they're there to watch the what I believe is the highest quality football on the planet, which is the Champions League. And if you've got a chance to go to a Champions League game, you know, you're going to go. It's contentious, but do we finally... Once again, I'm not Ooh, trying to dictate. Know you know what? Yeah. Do we finally need to start Fabio? No, I'm joking. Uh, in general, do you like... Do we need to stop this whole booing of the UEFA and no. thing? Like, no. <laughs> As I said, if we lift the trophy, we should all boo and then just like boo moo and just lead it in. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm petty and up. childish and I want us to keep booing. What I want us to do though is to boo, boo really loudly for one minute and they then cheer even louder for 90 I mean, minutes. People oh, think yeah. it's all about financial fair play and it's nothing to do with that. That's what that's one of the things that annoys me when you get into debates with idiots on Twitter and they always think it's about like just a about, little bit is about it. It's been going on well yeah, before that you. was a thing. It's been it's all about the whole thing with the away fans in Ukraine all that kind of stuff and, yep, and the fines the for, for being 30 seconds late on the pitch yep. and less than racism it's, it's all it's been long before financial fair play was a thing in general and people forget that and, it, and in general I think we've always felt whether this is justified or not we've always felt like we were unwanted at the Champions League definitely and it's, yeah, yeah. it's we're, we're quite a dour cynical bunch banks and I, I love us for <laughs> <Never>. that yeah <laughs> I love us for that but um we definitely hold on to things um is it like is it is it actually affecting us? It affects Pep Guardiola. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Pep doesn't like it. I mean, obviously, question. Pep. I don't know if we can answer it. We'd have to ask the players. Like, we'd have to ask them. Does Who's the got booing, any of the players' numbers? Yeah, does the booing of the Champions League affect you? But I definitely think the atmosphere will affect them. And I think Pep is trying to rally call us because if we, you know, we're all fans, and if we, you know, are honest, sometimes the atmosphere at the Etihad is not great. But when it is good, it is absolutely incredible. Was, we were, uh, Liverpool was amazing. Yes, and do you remember that we were talking about the Hamburg game yeah. from UEFA? Two thousand eight, wasn't it? What was it? The quarterfinals? Uh, it was a uh, semi. It was Europa League. Europa uh, League. Sorry, quarter, yeah, like. Yeah. And that atmosphere was in, when the atmosphere is good, it is absolutely incredible. And Pep's rally call for tomorrow is exactly that. We have to make the atmosphere the amazing noise. tomorrow. There is a flag in everybody's seat. I can exclusively tell you that City Square will be closing early tomorrow because Ooh. we want everybody inside. We're going to be doing stuff on the pitch before the game. Um, flags as well. And by the way, the flags, um, this is totally mank, isn't it? I love this. Um, you can take your flag home with you, but can you bring it back on Saturday, please? Is going to be the <laughs> message that we're, that we're sending out there. You're allowed to bring your flag with its stick back on Saturday. That's amazing. Um, I think it'll make a difference. I, I honestly don't think Pep has to get us up because I think, I think in general, most of our games don't really matter. You know, it sounds weird, but we go against like Cardiff at home. I mean, well, no, we're going to win it. And it's hard. No, they do matter technically, but I feel like there's always an air of inevitability. And when it, when yeah. it's actually something to fight for, like the Liverpool game, for example, or the Hamburg game, or the Derby or whatever, or this game tomorrow, I feel like the atmosphere is 
Like, it's really riled up. Yeah. And I think we've become accustomed to success to the point where uh, we just kind of like sit there and watch like the theatre at the show. It's almost become like that's how we approach watching Manchester yeah. City. And sometimes <laughs> the, the Liverpool game, I mentioned it a few times, that wasn't a typical Manchester City game because it was more about the fight and the energy and the passion. And it wasn't, it was more of a battle. Yeah. And I think we'll see a bit Ooh, of that Oh, I like tomorrow. a battle. Yeah, it's just... I it's do like a good battle. battle. Definitely. Right, Walter was touching on it there, but we didn't quite let him go off about the ticket prices, but we're going to give him a chance in a minute. So everybody get ready. Walter is going to go for the ticket prices. And then we're also going to be doing our now famous section. If I keep saying it that, it might get famous our now famous <laughs> section where you can ask us anything to do with City and we'll answer it in 30 seconds we'll be back soon Manchester City Football Social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising Good evening and welcome back to the Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. I'm Natalie Pike and I'm in the studio with Stephen and Walter this evening. Good evening, gents, again. Good evening. So we've still got loads coming up in this section. We're soon going to be doing our famous 30-second answer game where you can ask us anything to do with City. We've got to give you an answer in a short, sharp 30 seconds. Um, So far this evening, we've already covered the Palace game and looking forward to the the rest of the the title run-in. We've already looked at the Spurs games as well. But I've been teasing you that Walter has desperately got something on his chest that he needs to get off. Right, Walter, what's your problem with the ticket prices? Well, I'm listening to... <laughs> oh, honestly, it's one of those things that just grates me. Uh, I was looking at Pep Cry to the fans, you know, in his press conference to get behind the team, and I thought, hang on a minute, has he not spoke to someone in the background at Manchester City? Because last time we needed a massive atmosphere like this was Hamburg. What did they do? Slash the ticket prices, and it was oversubscribed. We could have, dub- we could have doubled the ground, you know, it's... And what annoys me is I look at Manchester City and I think to me personally, I think they could become a sort of pioneer and show the rest of the Premier League. It's becoming almost like people's club, a Mancunian sort of working class roots club. And what they could do is build that stadium even bigger and just knock down the prices like they do in Germany. And that would bring in so many more fans you know I was talking before and someone said well if you put it up an extra five ten pounds on the ticket what happens is they get more money for that game and I thought that's so short-termism you should be looking at dads mums can bring their kids to games and make City fans for the future so you know you lower all these prices extend the ground out probably to maybe about 100 bigger than Old Trafford so we've got the biggest ground and then you just fill it with cheap, cheap tickets. And if you do that, you've got generations of Manchester City fans to come and you've got the long-term success, not just one game. I mean, there's a, there's an open goal here for Manchester City to be like a moral bastion uh, within the Premier League. So, you know, they had the situation there, you know, last season where you went early, you could buy a pint cheaper. And loads of, I went down to the concourse and the whole place was, but that's fine, you know. Dads were there having a pint, bringing the kids, mums were there, uh, you know, everybody there having a few beers, which was better for the atmosphere again. And if everybody's doing that and the club are buying, let's get this right, the club are buying into the fans and listening to the fans about what they need and their needs. Because Manchester City have got the same fan base pretty much in the Mancunian area they did 10, 15, 20 years ago. And we're expected now to fork out 
for Wembley numerous times. We've got all these Champions League away games, home games, and the tickets for the away games for the Champions League ain't cheap either. So you could set yourself up. We've got a, a massive PR goal here. I've put the ball on the spot. There's no goalkeeper there. We've got Manchester City Football Club just need to knock the ball in. You know, you offer cheap pies. You offer, We get people into the ground. In the field of dreams, build it and they will come. I don't like to see people priced out. I mean, I didn't go down to Wembley because, you know, it was my daughter's birthday. I wanted to spend time with her. And, you know, that's, that, that's one reason. But there's so many City fans that couldn't go because they couldn't justify... You know, you turn around to your partner, you've been working, you've both been working, you've got the mortgages, you've got the kids to feed, you've got a school, that, you know, you've got a feed them you've got then to put clothes on them they're asking for xyz and you know you're working all the you know hours that god sends to try and provide for the family and you've got this hobby you know and it might be a connection between you and your family that you all go and people are slowly drifting away because they cannot afford mm. and it i just find it it really grates me when i see people on social media who've never some people have never been to a game and they're criticizing city for these empty seats well, it's not a city problem. This is a football problem in this country. And if something that's going to band us together, it should be this, because we managed to get the away tickets down to 30 quid, which nobody's complaining about now. Why not do that for home games as well? Oh, I'm with you, because when you think about the FA Cup... Um I didn't go to the semi-final because it, it, it was a choice of where I was spending my money. Because yep. um, although I uh, present City Square, I have a season ticket, I buy my own season ticket, I've yep. had my season ticket for 21 years, I pay for my own away tickets. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the time there is journalists and there is people that have fan fan state, fan podcasts, fan YouTube channels that aren't paying for tickets. And I just feel like you can't, if you're not paying for your ticket, you don't really understand what it's like to find the money for a ticket. But I'm sorry, I went off track there. But when you're talking about the FA Cup final, it's it's the FA that have done the pricing and we can slag the FA. But when you're talking about a game like yeah. tomorrow night, it's our own club that have priced them at £55. I don't think they care, sadly. I think that's genuinely the truth. Um, we're a club who, who, essentially, I feel like financial fair play has caused a lot of this because the margins for us to become profitable are so small that they, they, they can eke out an extra two, three million here and there. And that that to the club is not very much, but that equates to 10, 15 quid extra a ticket. And it makes such a difference for the fans and makes very little difference to the club, you know, in general. Um, uh, it's just, though. it's such a short-term thing, but I feel like that's a direct result of that. And I think in general, City are so obsessed with being this massive global brand because that's where the money is. that They don't really look at their own doorstep anymore. And I honestly feel like the local fans are right down uh, the bottom of the priority list. And it's a really sad state of affairs, but I feel like the game is going this way. And we've had this really weird and very necessary, I guess in some ways, accelerated growth to become this big global club. And as ever, usually the people who were there before are the ones who get treated the worst. Yeah. And it's, it always tends to happen in any form of life, in any walk of life. Uh, and it's frustrating because I agree, like, I'm going on my own to the game tomorrow night because I, I normally go with my girlfriend if she comes. She's like a, a City fan because I am, if that makes sense. She goes to games with me. Like, <laughs> totally. she's not like a huge City fan, but she'll go to games. And I told her the ticket price, she's like, she's like, I can't afford 45, 50 quid. And by the time I look, to her. £50 minimum up to 70 quid and she's like I can't afford that so I'm going on my own tomorrow because simply no one I know can afford to go other than yeah. myself you know that I go with normally and it doesn't I, need yeah. to be that does way it not it doesn't annoy you. does it not annoy you though that City could uh, just get one sponsorship deal they could have something on the side of the short something it doesn't matter what it is one sponsorship deal could easily negate all these sort of uh, price rises 
And, you know, it is the long-term future of the club. And, if you, yeah. you know, if you're looking so short-term, short-term all the time, I know we do that on the pitch as football fans, but you expect your club owners to have a better grasp on reality. Yeah, I, I have to say, though, I have to stick up for the club, obviously, to, to a degree in terms of how much they do do for fans in terms of City Square, obviously, that I present, in terms of they do a family, a free family fun day before every game, which is incredible. If you've got kids and you've never been there, you need to get yourself down to the that's, CFA. It's good, but for myself, like, that, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where I do hey, understand. Hey, I'm with you. I pay for my tickets. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you, especially when I've seen on Saturday, it's sold out, but it's £70 a ticket. Something in, in like, £20 tickets cheaper for yeah. like, if get rid of the fun day. And have, yeah. I think we'd all agree with that, you know, in general. Oh, I don't know because that's is that short termism because it, it it breeds the kids the fun days for the kids and it and it, and it breeds. Oh, yeah. the I kids would say in general the kids would rather go both. to games, you know, perfectly like personally. But both they can afford it. They, they can, can afford it. it, yeah. But you get that extra sponsorship deal in. And if you think about if you've got a lot of kids, they're your future who are going to be going to the games, who are going to make sure that your sponsors are yeah. still coming in in years to come. Right. A quick go of the 30-second answer game, and we are going to have a buzzer here to stop it. So um, I have a couple of questions here, and we really are going to smash through these. So the first one, if you had to choose City win tomorrow and go through in the Champions League, or City win on Saturday and win the Premier League, go. Uh, Premier League, definitely. Because Premier League. It's where the bread and butter is. And can anyone honestly imagine uh, watching Liverpool <laughs> celebrate that? I want to win the Premier League because I honestly believe that the Champions League is only worth anything if you win the domestic league as well. I 100% believe that. I think it's the cherry on the top and it, it validates your success. Otherwise, you're not even the best team in your country. So what about City, City win tomorrow or City win Saturday? No guarantee of winning the league? Uh... I would say win tomorrow because win tomorrow. That, that means we're in a competition still and we still could win the yeah, league yeah, you know, yeah. so. ooh good one good one okay right next one do you think Gundogan will go oh sorry I, sh- I should say who they're from that's awful it's from Samantha do you think Gundogan will go in the summer if he doesn't sign a new deal I think he's going to go just because it makes business sense Gundogan has been a fantastic asset and what I love about him is this idea of he's a no nonsense player you don't hear anything about him off the pitch but he's quite prepared to sit and he's run you know, run down his contract but also be a, a squad player rather than a team player but also great when he comes on but we're going to have to replace him it's going to be hard to do but you can't let him go for nothing Yeah, I think he's going to go in the summer, I do I don't want him to, I think he will because we have to replace him then Oh, I'm stopped there. You never know what I was going to say, but it was oh. incredible. It would have blown your mind. I've got a question here for you. Okay. Um, this is from Joe Forshaw on Twitter. He said, why do we feel we're hard done by with ticket prices and, you, and why do we use the excuse that we're working class often? Isn't this the same for most clubs? Is it not just that we don't have this massive tourist fan base that most people do? Yeah, we don't have a massive fan base. You know, we're very much uh, still a Manchester Greater Manchester Northwest club. You know, I spend a lot of time down in Devon and Cornwall and it's full of Liverpool and United fans. So there's no competition. Maybe in 20 years' time, come back, we'll be bigger. But- and also, we're playing in four competitions. The point of this is, is that we've been to Wembley four or five times this season. We're playing in more competitions than everybody else. That's why it costs us more money, not because our fans are more working class than somebody else's. I'd also say we are more working class because we don't have the overseas fans yet playing. So I think it's kind of answers own question there, really. Yeah. OK, right. This one's specifically for Walter. Why was Walter wearing a dress for our 2-0 win against Newcastle in the Sky Sports Fan Zone in 2012? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's that about? I, I can't deny it. What happened was me and the uh, the Geordie were both wearing long dresses. We bought them at Tesco. Why have I never seen this? I've known you for like years. <laughs> I know, right? I, and it was strangely liberating wearing it underneath our tops. And uh, we said, if one of our teams score, we will 
whip off and we'll have this dress. How? Why? Oh, just for the lols. And fortunately, <laughs> City won 2-0. Yes, guy, they did. First, first goal, top whipped off, and I was there in the... <laughs> this one's um, from Stephen McInerney on Twitter. I heard he's a wonderful guy. Very handsome too, apparently. He's very <laughs> handsome. Um, one more. This is the last question. Who deserves Manchester City's play of the season and why? Oh, no. Either Bernardo Silva or Raheem Sterling, but please don't make me pick one or the other. Uh, in fact, oh, no. I Do you know what? Asked you to, you got I, to choose one. I would go for a Raheem Sterling because yeah. of the complete development of him on and off the pitch. And I do look off the pitch as well. And he is an absolute role model, what he's done off the pitch. He's, he'll have done more for racism than, than the government have done. And I think in terms of what he's done on the pitch, he's developed so much. His goals have been so important. I feel like he's not had a bad game all season. 100% agreed. I think I'll agree with that as well, really. I think he's just uh, he's important, isn't it? So I think um, we're about to wrap up. We've got like 30 seconds left. Quickly, guys, prediction for tomorrow's result. 3-1 City. 3-1? Three, three uh, I've got to go 6-1 City. 6-1 City. I like that, I like that score. Walter's, he's still got his head in that dress mode. So he's, you've gone crazy, basically, Walter. <laughs> That's an absolutely mad... Uh, prediction. Any anyway, guys, uh, thank you for listening in. Fingers crossed Manchester City uh, can get the victory tomorrow. I'm really, really nervous. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast if you're listening. Manchester Football Social. Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Well, thank you for downloading the podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We'll Good, see you next it? week, Blues. It was indeed. And hopefully we'll be dead happy. Oh, we should be happy. <laughs> it's we'll a bit, be happy. To be honest, it's a big week, isn't it? It's going to be a telling week because this time, well, in eight, nine days, we're going to know pretty much how the season's going to pan out. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about the derby. Essentially, Ooh. people should subscribe to the podcast because oh, then, yeah. then they'll see our reactions uh, or our tears or our gleeful join us uh, in a week from now. Right, nice. anyway, in a bit. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.